On this episode, we're going to talk about how social media influences the interplay between fashion and consumer trends. With so many different platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and their purposes evolving daily, navigating social media can be, well, complicated. Welcome to the Social Media Sucks Podcast from Cupco. Social media. Social media. Social media. Social media. Really sucks. Where we unpack the latest trends and help remove the suck from social media. Welcome to the Social Media Sucks podcast produced by Cupco. You're tuning in for a dose of marketing and to get what's happening in the ever-changing social media landscape. And today with me, I have two distinguished. <laughs> today with me, I have two distinguished. <laughs> today with me, I have two distinguished senior wow. legendary titans from the fashion <laughs> and marketing I, I have no i have no industry in knowledge about fashion but uh so we have one titan of industry we have two no no right? it was old yeah, yeah. old was my marker i had, yeah, I had okay, to add right. all the nice words for them <laughs> to give you. them the confidence boost um you. because you're not old you're yes. uh you're experienced right thank you very much yeah, that's so very nice first yes. off we have henrik yes Ibas who is the owner of multiple fashion businesses and and also lecture yes. at Kia. Correct. Yeah. What's and Kia again? That's uh, Copenhagen uh, Business Academy. Yes, perfect. I just wanted to get that in for the listeners at home who don't know what Kia is. Yeah, I went to yeah. DMUX, so I wouldn't know, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. There's a little rivalry there. And, yeah. then, um, and then I have our CEO, Chris Carpenter, as always. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm always here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, always here. I'm always here. <laughs> With your opinions. Yes, just opinions, no facts. No, <laughs> no experience. <laughs> no experience, just, just opinions. So, Henrik, yeah. thank you so much for joining us today. Can you please take us through your experience journey in the fashion industry? Well, I mean, uh, unfortunately, as you said, distinguished and all. Um, <laughs> I was there before social media existed. I was there before a uh, website existed. Wow, I actually nice. joined the fashion industry just about the same time as the internet had its first official trade. Okay. So, I want to I want to point out that Henrik is only <laughs> forty seven, so he's. Yeah, I don't it know. Feels I don't, very, I, very I, old. I remember pre. I mean, you probably don't, don't remember pre-internet, but I do. Of like, course, I do. I'm from China. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, they didn't get the internet till last year in China. Apparently. I mean, so, I was late to the game. But it spread really yeah, quickly, really, really fast. <laughs> no, so I'm. At that time, we were working with with the classic sort of forecast, the way that we were looking at trends and tendencies changing. And it was an inside out perspective. There weren't any, including the customer in the journey. It was all about brands, their own sort of self-realization, how they wanted to do. Right. And then now you have it flipped. Uh, Today, it's all about customer journey. It's all about understanding what the customer wants, needs, uh, requirements that they have. focusing on trends and tendencies continuously looking at the ecosystems that that create um okay. you know so there's there's so many things that have changed in order to cope within the fashion industry you can no longer just say i have a great idea i have a great design because you can't live from the innovators and the early adapters they can give you a boost but you'll go bankrupt within two years okay. you need to get to early majority before you can actually start saying okay i'll put money in the bank okay is that like a big change that you really have to get to uh, it, it's a massive change because i mean if you if you if you sort of do your segmentations you figure out who your customer is or who you want to speak to yeah. and you just go about the old way you would just you know push something out there right. they're not going to listen 
you need to find their trigger points. You need to figure out who they are. And and eventually, if you have 100,000 customers, let's say Copenhagen and and, an area, um, 2% of that is the innovators. You can't build a business of 2,000 people. So no no matter how much you want to. Unless you're charging absorbent amounts of money for that particular item. And then then I think think that's, you know, something that you need to sort of tackle is that the luxury industry has nothing to do with the fashion industry. Ah, Because luxury is all about branding. And if you look sort of from history, it's the same brands that are luxury brands. The new brands are, you know, commercially charged. They might be premium, but they're not luxury. They don't define you. They can't change you in the same way as sort of historical brands do. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point, right? Like it's because it is have so much status behind it, right? Mm. Like the Rolexes, the Louis Vuittons, even those have, kind of had difficulties also retaining their mm-hmm. luxury status, right? There's a big sort of push because many people have become more affluent mm-hmm. and like, you know, that's also disrupted them a bit. Yeah. But it's interesting that you said like, it's kind of flipped a little bit. Would you find it's easy, like, is it harder to, is it easier to spot trends now then because you have the internet, you have social media, you have that customer journey that you can actually like get them involved in it or is it like yeah i'd say it's easier to measure yeah whereas before we didn't know what we were measuring anyways Mm -hmm. i mean it was push marketing everything you did back then and now it is all about pull marketing you you create messages to for people Mm -hmm. that you know have opted into you and then you're slowly building by word of mouth or by community thinking you know trying to do tribal marketing trying to build something and of course social media is essence of that because mm. it's it's easier to send out multiple messages and mm. it's also easier when you are you know putting money behind it doing advertisement to target the customer much better than we did before mm-hmm. you can today you can actually have um you know um strategies that in a normal market would just collide but now they're ambidextrous you, you can work with left or right because you can target the customer specifically and yeah. it's personalized marketing mm. yeah i think that's a brilliant point right like you mm. used to have to do more one size fits all mm. now you can actually tailor it much better right and you don't have these things butting up against each other so i think that's yeah, it gives you a lot of point. options yeah and massive different options. research to play in yeah but um can you tell us a little bit more about the trends in the fashion industry this year like what um what are the current trends in ongoing in the fashion industry? well i think the biggest trend right now is also what's just been sort of uh, highlighted by the european union is about circularity and sustainability mm-hmm. um you know in 2030 there's new goals that every company within fashion that wants to produce and and, and launch anything mm-hmm. would have to live up to and again 2050 there's new goals again there mm-hmm. so we we know that the future um, dictates that we have to incorporate this. Yeah. And of course, that is easier for newer companies because mm-hmm. they can align their entire supply chain towards this. They yeah. can, you know, sort of they don't um, have that legacy stuff that they exactly. have to repair. They can just start from scratch. And they have a different price point because yeah. right now, still um, working on sustainable measurements does mean an added cost. Yeah. It, it is more expensive to mm. reactivate or reuse or regenerate a fiber. Um, yeah. So unless we sort of get that tackled from the customer point, uh, point yeah. of view, because, you know, there's a lot of clever heads saying that fast fashion is dead, but look at the street. Yeah, mm. It doesn't seem no, like fast fashion is dead, yeah. but it means that fast fashion companies would have to take this in. To yeah. consideration yeah. and and start to incorporate yeah. that and we see it we see it now in the hi- hypermarkets where um you know 30 40 years ago for instance in co-op in denmark mm. it was a big thing that they had these sustainable initiatives 
but it wasn't a thing that people bought into as such maybe then, whereas mm -hmm. now it is becoming a differentiator yeah. that yeah. you know sets them apart from or everyone else. Or it's becoming table stakes. Like yeah. it's just becoming the place where people are like we expect you. Yeah. Exactly. To be All sustainable. the cer certified yeah. stuff and yeah. you know mark everything. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually curious. Like off, this is off topic. I know we've got a bunch of questions here, but did you see the thing from Samso Samso with the QR code? Yeah. Inside the label. So just you mean like that hat in the sporting industry where you can see everything, you can identify where it's from, packed. Yes, and that's yeah. part yeah. of it. Yeah. But it's also yeah. about like wh what resale. Yes, yeah, it's, it's also made for resale, yeah. so that when you click on it, it actually tells you what was the original price and also what was the fibers yeah. and where's size, size and all that. And then it also auto generates a Facebook Marketplace ad. That's nice. Which is quite Jeez. crazy, yeah. right? Which is like really getting down to, okay, how do we slim the customer journey to actually then hand off this yeah. piece and be sustainable in some mm. way, which is kind of cool. Well, What's I your think, takes on that? I, I think it's brilliant, to yeah. be honest. I think it's brilliant that you conceive that the customer journey is not ending at your retail store or your online yeah. uh, presence. It's, it's about it's continuity and it's about yeah. actually creating something where it becomes more than just a uh, clothing item or a fashionable item, jewelry, whatever. It mm. It's all about um, a statement. Mm. And that statement you pass on to the next generation or the next in line. Uh, right. And then it has a different look suddenly. It's yeah. a bit more worn. It's yeah. and, and I think that- Which is still kind of cool. Like yeah, it still it really has that is. vintage feeling, right? Which but is it creates also well. a certain standard for the clothing that you're selling, right? Because some clothes, they, it can't. The, the quality of it, it can sustain long-term wear and tear and use, right? So it also requires a certain kind of Well, I think, I, th I think from, from that point of view, I'm, I'm looking actually more on sort of diffusion of innovation mm. because I mean, yes, the innovators, the early adapters, they will take the, the new product. They love the new product, but we also have to look into something, you know, economics, yeah. macroeconomics, finances, mm. what do you, what can you afford? Mm. Yeah. And, you know, if you two years down the line no longer want that fabulous silk dress or silk mm. shirt, you can then activate it towards the next owner yeah. who mm. might not be an innovator or a early adapter, who might be early majority or late majority, mm. has less money, but also likes it a bit more worn, a bit more edgy because they are part of a different subculture than the initially intended yeah. um, fashion target. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I, I think it's, I think basically what we're seeing is a completely new setup of um, commercial activity uh, yeah. because of digitalization. I mean, we had a classic value chain. You can take Porter's classic value chain. You know, you had, you know, uh, inbound production, outbound sales and marketing, and then after service as your core activities. But mm. today, buying inbound production and outbound that is if you look at it from a financial point of view that is your valuable costs mm. yeah that's core activity yeah. yeah so you're changing the entire role the buying office now has a much more sort of um, adapt role in the company right. and also towards the consumers because the buying office very often buys directly from production okay. there is no design effect okay. along the way you know they'll go out they'll source mm -hmm. it because they can see in digits it makes sense yeah we were selling it really well in black. Might as well Everything goes red. Else. Now we'll yeah. go red. Yeah, and it works. And there's you know already in 2018 companies that was doing um, with AI um, figures that was doing sort of test of trying to circumvent some of the classic value chains and going yeah. directly from a computerized intelligence towards buying towards retailing. Yeah. And um, Auto Group in Germany actually did this in 2018. 
and it was amazing numbers. They had like 90% sell through before reductions. And, yeah. you know, not many human buyers reach that sort of level. So, no. yeah, but that's because you have all the data there to yeah. pick apart and yeah. decide, like, what are we doing? And it's not, you're not waiting for thousands of retailers to get back to you with the sales numbers from the fall season. It's exactly. Like you have it there now, right? Especially if you're direct to consumer, then you're just like, okay, we can make moves super fast and actually like completely disrupt our yeah. usual mode of mm -hmm. operation, right? And and sell a lot more. Yeah. I think one of, of the it, right? one of the classic things for us back in the day was when, you know, we would not just wait for the customers to come back to us next time to sort of tell us how bad it went or how good it went. And so we would go out and, you know, visit the stores, but there was a huge bias in that because we could go in and maybe the store owner or the buyer wasn't there. Yeah. And we would then meet up with, you know, any of their staff. And if they, that day they had opened up the store and sold two items from that collection, it would be running amazingly. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, it was just so was, perfect. And yeah. that were the only two items they sold the entire season. So, you know, you would yeah. have one sort of reference point yeah. in store. You'd done yeah. all right. You'd gone down, you visited, you'd seen, you'd take pictures, everything's yeah. good. And still data is corrupted. Yeah. Mm. Whereas today with social media, with the digitalization, we're, the, we're seeing now. adoption theory happening much faster. We're yeah. seeing the ability to sort of, um, you know, cross the chasm. That is yeah. always the big problem. You know, how do you jump from from one target mm. group to the next? Um, it's becoming easier, yeah. and and it's easier to figure out how quick we make mistakes. Yeah, of course. that's super nice. I think that is that fail fast mm. sort of thing, and and move on. And actually, I think, what's your take on then sort of, you could say sort of uh, on demand sort of fashion in some ways like do you see that being a big trend where people are not necessarily like producing a mm -hmm. whole collection or producing a lot of stuff they're producing it more ad hoc is that something you see is well coming? we're seeing it both in bulk and in single units so i mean obviously you just go down on the street you will see that more and more tailors are coming back into fashion oh, you yeah. know suddenly okay. they, they were like 20 years ago they were gone there was no yeah. nobody in the in in the image of the city where you'd go in and get it tailored right. on demand um but you have this big player in China that is now basically on demand. All they're doing is um, figuring out from categories and 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 data mm -hmm. what's wanted what's and, potentially then, coming. and then they actually yeah. go out and just offer it to the suppliers. They okay. say, who who's gonna bid in on this? Mm. Okay. So they're flipping the whole value chain. Suddenly the suppliers are actually becoming the sellers. Right, you're not chasing yeah. them exactly. to like, hey, we're gonna sell you this yeah. thing. It's the and other way around. You don't have overproduction because, yeah. you know, suddenly, when when you you skip beats in distribution instead of doing the traditional where you have you know from production to wholesale wholesale to retail retail to the, and consumers you're suddenly going to modern or direct right. where you can much easier and target the consumption rate yeah so that that also that becomes more sustainable yeah. yeah exactly like that should help in the yeah. long run it's like we talk a lot about food waste also with some of our customers we've got some customers in food and, and, and biotech science as well mm. and it's like that as well with clothing it's like clothing waste we can get rid of those things mm. and with a smarter supply chain a smarter also methodology yeah. to actually get the product out there right so yeah. it's uh it's an interesting thing that we're going through right now and i think um i mean going taking it back to social i think that social at least from my perspective is is providing a piece of that data puzzle, which is like, you can kind of forecast trends, see what's working. Also go to consumers, ask them specifically, mm. 
do you want this in blue or do you want this in red or do you want this in and then you're actually able to at least poll your potential audience about what's you know what do they want yeah but it's also right. changing the classic role of marketing you yeah. know as as yeah i think anybody that gone from Mad Men and and then towards that 2010 and maybe a bit further they know that that sales and marketing are constantly at odds you know yeah. sales want to take all the credit for doing well selling and marketing wants to sort of take their bit of the action and before it was easy for sales to disregard marketing because yeah. you know eventually marketing couldn't you know confirm or validate that they were actually the reason why something mm. went well there was a tendency to whenever they did a commercial that something would go better but right. it wasn't so that you would say all oh, remarkable yeah. um, but today you can you can you can you we, you we can follow it completely yeah. you know from from start to end we yeah. know if we skip a beat if we um, deduct our our you know Google fund then suddenly things are going to slide right. down mm. it, you can see yeah. it instantly yeah. when something isn't working or set up as it should yeah. be. Um, and I think that's changing the role of marketing to marketing becoming much more involved. Yeah, But it's also needed that marketing becomes even more so data-driven. I mean, mm. marketing is 90% data, if, you're, if we're true. We yeah. do great campaigns, but in reality, we've done a hell of a lot of research to make sure we even do the yeah. campaign. Yeah. Um, that's what you hope. Sometimes, still it, sometimes some it doesn't go that way, but yeah. yeah. But 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 we at, at, sometimes some stuff still got right. Like, but that's, well, where where uh, Kia, where I'm I'm lecturing at, uh, that's exactly what we're trying to sort of give on to the students is you you got to understand how important data is. Yeah, there's tons of way of building the perfect campaign, and that's very valid. If but if you don't understand segmentation theory, if you don't right. understand how to research your customers to figure out what it is you want, how you split test, and not just A B but ABC and maybe even D. You have mm. to understand how you uh, create personas, not just on some sort of imagery uh, persona you put up because you intend to sell to that. No, but somebody who's validated through the yeah. entire rank that gives you a much larger chance of actually becoming successful, specifically on social media, because yeah. it's so fast. Mm. But it's also funny to see how many companies in the fashion and lifestyle industry that still holds on to this sort of glamour image on their social media you know their gitter on 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 instagram is perfect pictures yeah. there's no flaws there's absolutely nothing right. and there's none no relatability i mean I, mm. I, even at the best of times when i've had my house cleaned on the perfect day the sun <laughs> never shines like that in my house and mm. the plants never seem to be so prosperous and <laughs> and well nourished so yes. you know it it it's hard to sort of get to that point and mm. i think people are getting to a place or consumers are getting to a place where if they can't relate then they sort of disregard it it's sort of we've we've gotten our own I ignorance filter yeah just yeah. like google if you keep posting the same you know text then you just get ignored by the algorithm yeah. whereas i think that's beginning to happen in the human brain now that we know we're being suckered but we at least hope so right like yeah, but I want to challenge you guys in terms of then what, where does things start and then where does it end? Because the influence of social media and then the fashion industry, when they play together, like, if, for instance, you mentioning we're going to the more relatable stuff on Instagram mm -hmm. because maybe that's a consumer trend. But we also seen that social media can start trends and kind of, you know, influence what then we like. That's the Instagram whole story is that it's you know polish and aesthetics and etc right and that influenced a lot of trends mm -hmm. downwards so where does it start and end it's like a chicken and the egg 
<laughs> so what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> like how does social media and uh, the fashion industry influence each other? Like, well, my experience with it has been that um, they well, it isn't just like okay. So here's the thing. I think what you're saying is the influence on the industry, which is that people are looking for more relatability or th- authenticity, right? So social media itself is that that piece. So like when it comes to also fashion or at least in my opinion in trends it's that sort of move towards also more maybe authentic brands and also authentic fashion expression right like there is i call the the gen z the also me generation which is like here's me wearing this really nice fancy dress but there's also me wearing a sloppy t-shirt and really ripped jeans and like uh, maybe a hole in the ass or whatever. Well, besides the other hole, but, uh, (laughs) but, and I think that's also a case of like, and people being okay with that. Like they're okay with showing that they've got these two sides. Yes. I'm in a nice black cocktail dress, but I'm also like in grubby clothing. Mm -hmm. And I think those two things uh, combine to actually show us that, a brand can also do all of those things, right? Like a brand can be super fancy, but it can also be kind of also a little bit downplayed, right? No, I, I agree completely, but I think the, the, the biggest misconception on that is that uh, a lot of brands believe that they have to build brand. Hmm. And at the end of the day, it's the consumer that builds a brand. A brand can say and do and spend an obscene amount of money but if the consumers don't see, hear, or understand what's being spoken to them, mm. it can never become a brand. So right. building a brand is a multitude of strategies that have to be in place. And I believe from from the statics that I'm looking at that it has to be both relatable, it has to be branding, but it has to be in a coherency, as you said. You know, so a normal person don't wake up with a perfect hair and and you know white teeth and everything is shiny you need to start somewhere right. and i think brands need to do the same they have to look at themselves as you're waking straight up what's the first right. thing you do you run to the toilet yeah but They're nowadays when you when, themselves yeah but if you ask some of the younger generations right. what the first thing you do is we take the phone yeah we check the phone and i'm like i would love to do that but my body just doesn't work like that. <laughs> right. So there's generational gaps that you need to consider. That's true. Um, if 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 our younger brand, I you know, just like you, definitely focus on TikTok. It it has had immense good results. Mm. Yeah. Maybe not so much in commercializing yet, but in community, it's massive, massive numbers yeah. that it's building. And communities is what's building loyalty. And loyalty be uh, you know builds ambassadors. And at the end of the day, yeah. ambassadors builds business. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think there's 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 just a huge gap. I mean, there's so many great brands out there that have done amazingly ever since they started until now. Um, Santa Claus was never in red and white and with a black belt. No, that was Coca Cola that invented that. You know, until then. We had a different take on Santa Claus, but mm. now everybody considers Santa Claus as that person. Right. Um, Nike. So with advertising the, and media has influenced that sort of cultural icon. Or cultural I think so. Popular. I mean, if you're really yeah. good at understanding what you're looking into, um, you're changing culture. Yeah. But but if you're adamant about only having your take on it, so monologue instead of dialogue, yeah, then you won't be successful. There'll yeah. be the odd one that does well, but yeah. in general, you need to be able to to create campaigns that have a listening factor in it that includes, you know, um, getting the customers as part of you instead yeah. of just 
continuously speaking to them in a monologue voice that's right. saying, you know, bye, 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 bye. And you never actually ask, can we service you in any way? Right. Um, because I think that's what people are, are hearing, you know, if you yeah. don't listen. Yeah, they want that community. They want yeah. to feel like they're part of the brand mm. and also part of the development of the brand in yeah. some ways, right? I think that's how a lot of, I think, indie brands is what we call them, the sort of ones that have grown up in social have really succeeded in, mm. in doing is like actually bringing their consumers into the fold of the the building of yeah. the brand and of the of the even the product mm. itself, right? I mean, that's why I think Kickstarter also has been quite successful with campaigns in not just fashion, but all over the place. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see like, or curious to hear from you, what do you think like the metaverse mm. from a social media perspective will have on the fashion industry? Because we've talked about it often that, you know, will brands be just selling like, here's your Nike shoe, but then here's your metaverse version as well. Like, do you think that's gonna happen or what's your take on what's gonna go on there? I mean, from 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 a retailer standpoint, I would say, no, 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 it's never going to happen. But right. I think if we look at how the world has changed and how many people that actually live digitally mm. their lives that, you know, they might go to work, but then mm. they go home and they join their community and they are playing their combat games or <laughs> entering into these sort of semi real life worlds, metaverse, if you want to call it. Of course, they want to be personalized even more so. There is an economy in this, and there is something that the more known brands can tap into, and then there's going to be specific brands just for the metaverse that that will do really well. And I believe the reasoning for this is, reality is that we just look at movies. I mean, look at the movies that sort of predicted we would have electric cars or flying mm. cars and whatever. <laughs> All of these things are here. It, it, flying it, cars? It, I got to get on that one. <laughs> it actually exists. Yeah. It does exist. It's just not in production. No, exactly. It's just like, it's, Don't say that to Chris. You will Amazon that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do buy everything like, on Amazon. Can I, can I get a flying car on Amazon? <laughs> if, hey, I'll be the first in line when the cars come down. I know so, you are yeah. so much an early but it's funny. To see, I mean, if you if you look at the sort of future movies that was created in the '80s, that's what we're experiencing and Absolutely. seeing today. Yeah, and yeah. it's not like one to one five, or no, it's one to one. Yeah, it's basically what was predicted. Even design um, approaches, sort of so like if we're looking at um, homes, that's mm. how the homes are looking today. Right, yeah. Much more spares, much more you know, sort of modern, clean. modern, clean. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you know, yeah. other tendencies going in other direction. Mm. But I do believe that the metaverse is going to be a factor yeah. for a lot of businesses. And I do believe that that bigger brands can gain tremendous assets from it because yeah. they can build even higher loyalty. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be hard for smaller brands if they don't have that sort of indie status where yeah. they have a built community. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, we've talked about it here. My prediction is that brands will license hmm. clothing. So like, It'll almost become like the music industry had to go to streaming. Mm. I think that clothing will also go to streaming. So it'll be like, you know, if you're in the metaverse, you can go to that fashion retailer and be like, I want to rent this piece of clothing for this period of time. Or even, and then they'll pay the designer, mm -hmm. they'll pay the brand like 15 cents for every 30 seconds yeah, that yeah. someone's wearing that piece of clothing in the metaverse, right? I think mm. that's probably where it's going to go right which opens up another avenue for classic revenue. it's classic uh, platform economy yeah exactly so i think that's that could be quite interesting and then also maybe even if you're a famous enough person in the metaverse mm. then the brand will start paying you and they'll for every minute they'll be able to see okay mm. you know 
whoever, Kim Kardashian, you were in the metaverse for four hours wearing this, you know, dress, mm. we're going to pay you X amount of money, right? So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I think that'll also be a, an avenue which also opens up sort of some weird areas, but uh, yeah. I think there's tons of money in digitalization that we're not utilizing yet. Um, <clears throat> I just think it's about maturity. Is the market yeah. still there? Is Are, are we talking metaverse uh, innovators? Mm, I think it's gonna cost more to develop it than it's gonna be you know, uh, coming in and yeah. creating revenue. Um, I think down the line, it's gonna grow bigger and bigger. And and we do know, we just look at social cultural factors. We do know that a larger, larger part of society uh, feels sort of, you know, at odds with the norm mm. in the standardization. Yeah, there's a lot more countercultural stuff yeah. going on yeah. nowadays than probably in the past, right? And yeah. and those people will seek towards something yeah. where they can get some sort of relatability, where they can feel as part of something, because we do need that. You know, yeah. we're not as humans created to be singular. We yeah. are created to be a pack. And yeah. we work best in packs. We like to go to work mm. and work with good people. We like to you know, have friends. We and don't like, like that, do we? No. no. We don't have any good You don't people. have that here. No, no. We just come no. to work. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do, at least. I don't know what, like robots. <laughs> I don't know what the other people do. Like robots. <laughs> right, Artie? No. <laughs> okay. He's zoned out already. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. On standby. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, we do have that tribalness, right? And, and I think it's even more fragmented than it ever has been because mm. you have these niche communities. You have this, oh, I'm part of the this you know really weird um gamers who only like call of duty who mm. listen to punk rock music but also wear you know tutus on sunday or i don't know what the hell it is mm. but, but you're <laughs> you're seeing more and more of this on on a larger scale you know there's there's um very well-known Danish brands that do this, Mikola, the, the beer brand yeah. with their running club. You know, okay. I think it was like 30,000 members on, 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 <laughs> on you know, a sort of world scale. Club. But, you yeah. know, you wouldn't put those things together no. normally, but they do, you know, yeah. they have a great time, yeah. finish off, have a good beer. Yeah. yeah. Everybody loves it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a community and yeah. it works. Yeah. But it's so funny that they put those together. It actually goes to something that you talked about, which is like, how did social media also influence fashion? And also I think like the collab idea like where you have a fashion brand and maybe a weird other brand or whatever it is like coming together mm. has also been largely a social media mm. construct of some kind and actually comes from you know uh, maybe even influencers mm. collabing with the brand so then they started thinking actually you know what let's also do you know let's uh, was, yeah, yeah it was the most recent one i saw wasn't it um yeah marisk and puma mm. which is like what the hell does Marisk and Puma have in common? Mm. But they did. They did a Marisk shoe uh, with Puma. And it's like, mm. okay. And it's been pretty successful, mm. I think. So it's a, it's kind of a weird thing. But that's where I'd also say, like, social has influenced fashion. You could look at, like, you know, from, from sort of from, from bubbling up uh, instead of just sort of taking the classic from, you know, uh, coming from the top and then filtering down uh, with the little... A sports shoe that was social media oh, yeah, you know it went right. completely viral and suddenly they were buying yeah. it you know yeah. offhand uh, for eight thousand danish yeah. where it was what 159 to buy in the store it was so crazy so so yeah. trends and tendencies and fashion points can be created in any yeah. sector or subculture or yeah. you know mass there's, culture there's definitely been a drive towards more like you'd call almost meme fashion mm. in some way right where it's like it's just meant to be ironic 
in some ways, right? Like like the the little you know, yeah. shoe or whatever, right? Like, um, what did I see? Like, it was Oscar Myers. Yeah, the, 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 the sausage. Yeah, yeah. They like started making clothing, and it's like, <laughs> who's wearing like sausage clothing? Like, why specifically? I, since it's known as the wiener. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like you know. That's what we're talking about when you are kind of in the known, right? Like in, on TikTok, the communities to have their like, if you know, you know. That's yeah. the thing. Like that's the f- that's yeah. the fun and thing. And people wear it ironically to yeah. be like almost special in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. And to mm-hmm. kind of you know fly their colors proudly that yeah, it's, a statement. Oscar it's a statement yeah. exactly that yeah. i know this i'm in this culture and i'm in this yeah. community right yeah it's almost the same status as you know wearing a rolex or wearing you know what i mean it's like it gives that community yeah. that particular status you yeah. are the top of that hierarchy right so mm. super weird yeah. but amazing at the same time mm. yeah do you guys see where you know some brands that could leverage social media even more in the fashion industry or just maybe the fashion industry in general is there lacking behind on something in terms mm. of how we use social media i know this is a big question you i think you spotted it before which is like it. getting more authentic mm. like there are so many fashion brands that are still like heavily curated feeds like every fashion shoot is super photoshopped and super like well laid out and they've got their designers and stuff and they're really like working hard on one single post mm. Um, I think that there's a lot of fashion brands, a lot of brands in general that can learn from, okay, should we be more authentic? Should we take down this, the production value? Should we, that would, I, I would say like, I can't mention any specific brands, but I think a lot of them. I think it's, it's also about the way that we work with it. I mean, um, a lot of, a lot of brands, not just fashion in, in any industry, um, work on followers. Mm. And why would you want followers? Mm. I mean, initially, would you want just followers or do you prefer followers that actually interact with you, that actually follow you, that actually would spend money with you? That's what you want. Yes, Yes. exactly. So it's about how how superficial do do we want to work? Are we just homogenous or are we heterogeneous? Are we actually going towards being personalized in our marketing message or are we just trying to create some sort of branding statement, which, you know, by all accounts will be ignored by 99% of all consumers because they They don't don't get it. They don't relate to it. Um, So I think, I think it's not about brands not utilizing the abilities that are there or in for that matter, um, not opening up enough. But I do still think that a lot of organizations are built in classic matrix form. Mm -hmm. So the people that are taking the decisions on what contents are created aren't necessarily the right ones. There should be more boundary spanning. They should open up more, remove the silos from the work environment, create more sort of uh, community feeling at work as well, because it is, you know, it is sort of kind of intuitive that you create content that doesn't generate anything. Yeah, it it doesn't make sense. You only have one share of voice. You no, can't. Keep, if you're looking at your numbers yeah. and you're looking at your data, then you would do the right thing. Exactly. You would say like, okay, wait a second, this is not actually moving the needle anywhere. So why are we bothering with this? But also, it's about understanding how the algorithm work. You know how you know with, with TikTok being a shareability machine that you know if you get through the first ring, then it just shares to the second ring and it just goes on and on. You can be yourself. You have one follower, and eventually your video could be seen by a hundred thousand. Yeah. On Instagram, it's not like that. So mm-hmm. there's different tactics. You need to to know how to activate accessibility when you need to repost somebody else's. What does 
give you those three to four days where you can suddenly push something out towards that person followers yeah. and so forth and so forth. And yeah. it, I think that maybe is forgotten. We all know it working in marketing, that's something that we need to look at, but it seems to be sort of, you know, no, it's more important to create the message and yeah. and then forget. Yeah, there's definitely mechanics that yeah. I think that you forget sometimes that, I mean, it's good content, but then also you have to really understand the platform dynamics mm. and really understand what you can do there. And I think what I also see, which is a kind of a problem or, or not maybe a problem, but the, social media is so many channels now mm. and you might say that oh they're the same like instagram is just copying tiktok now with mm. reels and all this kind of stuff yes and no because you're pointing something out really important is that they all have their own nuanced mm. mechanics and the way they work and what they like and what they don't and what i see is a lot of brands are sort of saying okay we need one social media manager who's gonna do it all like mm. gonna, it just doesn't work it's like Understanding how to like kick ass on YouTube mm. is way different than understanding how to kick ass on TikTok mm. or Twitter. Or so you almost need nowadays a channel manager per thing mm. to really like if you want to just nail it, mm. you really need one per because yep. they have to get deep into those mechanics and yep. really and really understand it if you want to grow there, if you want to do great work there. Well, I mean, here in Denmark alone, um, if you speak to the majority of marketing agencies and or companies trying to do influencer marketing or social media marketing, um, nobody mentions Facebook hmm. or Meta, whatever we want to call it. But it's funny, it's still the biggest channel. It's yeah. the most effective, there aren't even from a paid standpoint. Yes. Yeah. But that's, you know, organically making, it's a different start. Unless different. you're really good, unless you like listen, unless you're like kick ass on groups and within, you know, community mm. and you've really got like a solid understanding mm. of that. And also Messenger, I would say Facebook Messenger is quite good or Meta Messenger, whatever you want to call. But you're right. I mean, it is still the it is the 800 pound gorilla. Yeah. Right? It still is. And 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 then that's one thing. And then you can go old school and say, but what's even better than that? And then, you know, how many people sign up for your mails? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Email marketing is yeah. still the best statistically. For conversions yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that also gets ignored quite a bit, right? Mm. So there's a big shiny new object sort of with your social, but they don't forget, like, people often forget, like, how good it is to own that email list or to have that email list. And this, of, this is where it sort of becomes funny for me because we all, anybody that's worked with data, know triangulation is the best way to go about it creates the biggest validity, you know what you're looking into or what you're activating. So why not utilize the strategy that includes old school, new shiny object yeah. and the fiscal element. Yeah. It's not about competing each other out. You know, we see this in the new newspapers, we listen to it in, in news uh, shows, whatever, um, online is gonna overtake uh, brick and mortar. No, it's not. You still need that. You, you, you can't, yeah. if, if we look at it, if we, we had you know mail order catalogs in the old school days in the mm -hmm. 1980s and before, um, they were consisting on total, I think it was, and I'm taking out the travel industry here because mm. they completely screw up the numbers. Do but they? Yeah, because everything in travel today almost is online. Yeah, you can't get, uh, there's nobody no, sending no. stuff. But, but if we're looking at the majority of sort of classic consumer goods, um, the mail orders were doing about 9% of mm -hmm. the total order business back in the 1980s, whereas today they're doing about 12. So it's up. Yeah, 3% yeah. in 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> and gone online before it was a fiscal thing that needed to go yeah. in through a mailbox. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it- So direct mail, you're also considering that email marketing. 
Yeah, I, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. But but I, what I'm sort of looking at is that that we're 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 losing focus on Omni. We we need to understand mm-hmm. that what we're doing in one place has a direct implication on something else. Yeah, absolutely. And if it's not correlated or or if it's not aligned, yeah. then we'll lose something. Yeah. We we might agitate uh, someone else or yeah. some other fraction of our community. Yeah. Uh, because they're not a hundred percent alike. People right. that follow us, they, you know. No, and you're not going to catch them all the time on every single thing. I mean, we mm-hmm. we often say here. I mean, if you catch ten percent of your audience on a social media post, that's a good day. That's mm-hmm. a good reach. But because you're not going to get that every time, no. so it's really important that you have other touch points that can actually potentially reach those customers. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're missing out on an opportunity. And is it all about selling? You know, should no. we start communicating? Should we start? interacting, yeah. inviting them into our home, yeah. our business. Yeah. Um, and you never know what triggers them. I mean, like triggers a sale. I mean, we were talking about this today about the funnel and how it, the funnel doesn't really exist. Like mm. it, it's a it's a construct that marketing people have made to help with ideation, to help with strategy, to, to sort of guide us in what we're doing so that we're not just, <laughs> so like, but in reality, the consumer will drop in multiple different places up down move around like come out of the funnel completely oh i'm back in the funnel like they're all it's it, the customer journey is so convoluted yeah, like yeah. there's no point there's it's just for us to be able to work on something so that we're not just silo like, it a little yeah bit just to give it. us something mm-hmm. to like go on because otherwise there's no map No, but it's also about understanding where we are in the classic sort of pyramid because we say we do strategies in marketing Yes, we do marketing strategies, but they're tactical or operational. They're never strategic. Because the strategic point of view is, you know, one to a five-year plan. They get tactical pretty quick, I would say. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So so you wouldn't make a marketing plan for five years because at that point, the consumers have completely shifted. Yeah, that's mm. no point. And if we don't honor that, if we don't acknowledge the fact that we are working in the trenches to understand, map, and revert so that we can get back to the consumers on an immediate level, then ideation dies yeah. because we become stale. Marketing We're, in itself is tactical. Yes. Like it's a tactical part of the business. Exactly. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that's a very good point. I think mm-hmm. that, I know this is completely off topic, but. No, uh, I think it's, uh, we right ha- now it's on. We, have this, we have this discussion all the time mm-hmm. because we have a great strategy team. And, and oftentimes when we're doing strategies for customers, they keep like they really want the tactics they really and and i understand that completely like Mm. we understand that completely like you can't do it in a vacuum it has to be sort of tactics and Mm. strategy have to be married in order for it to actually make sense otherwise it's it's academic it's something else it's not it's not rooted in what you're actually going to do putting one foot in front of the Mm. other so i think you're you're right i mean you almost have to start saying marketing strategy slash tactics yeah because it is that it, it it has to be otherwise you're just producing nice looking f- models yeah and, right and, and like here's how a funnel works here's <laughs> how a, if it doesn't go to something real right like very quickly then it's just i think the, the most important thing if it's fashion or any industry is that we we maybe take a step back you know things have gone so fast over the past last couple of years because digitalization has come in platform common economy changing you know the game completely because yeah. before you were an individual business building individual brands nowadays you can actually build a platform and receive much better uh, you know uh, rebuttal from the consumers but 
we as marketeers also need to understand that in order to get the consumer, we can't forget the real teachings mm. where we actually made a difference. Now we just need to, you know, translate them into digital activation. Right. Mm. And and I think sometimes this whole sort of floating or or spacious work environment that we're going into makes us forget it. And 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 I think that's hard on businesses. I know it's hard on the fashion industry specifically because you can see it, you can go in, you can follow whatever brand you want to do online and you're thinking why, you know, why would a brand that has great images with relatable models that are talking about sustainability and circularity, why wouldn't they on Instagram, for instance, create a beautiful wall? Why do they only do stories? Because stories are gone in 24 hours, and that might actually work against them. Right. You know, you're you're creating great content, but yeah. 24 hours gone, and yeah. it's not there. So the strategy and tactics married because it yeah. is like literally like mm. the tactic of maybe we shouldn't do all stories. Maybe we should be doing something else because yeah. it lasts longer. Yeah, but that is also a strategy. Mm. Like we're going to focus on the feed. So I totally get what you mean, yeah. and that's the tough part about. It. I think even so, like because marketing has become even more tactical mm. it has become like the engine room of a lot of the business so but it it's also like like i said before where you, you sort of have the classic value change changed and suddenly whereas you had four sort of major components being all your valuable costs and then everything else being you know your sort of hard knot you can't get out of um right. it also means that marketeers need to change either marketing needs to adapt to some of the teachings and knowledge that we have from the buying department understanding how those metrics yeah. work or the buying departments will actually overtake some of what marketing is doing because that's what we're seeing we're seeing uh, online merchandisers mm -hmm. ah. that's buyers that yeah. have understood the metrics from marketing and are now beginning to implement them um it's not marketeers that suddenly understood right. all the metrics of buying mm. that's interesting um, so, so so it, there's a whole new line of industry creating mm. whole new job sections which is extremely interesting because everyone is screaming for them everybody is screaming to get this sort of online marketeer that knows and how we can activate and how we can you know um optimize stock inventory right. rates and everything else mm. and really those okay. are important i didn't know that was a big thing but now, now we have now to research. Yeah, now we have to get in that space. Buyers are becoming marketers. <laughs> yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. But it makes sense. I mean, and also you can use, it's kind of, it's kind of almost coming full circle, right? Where you had classic marketing, yeah. which was addressing your market. Mm. Like what was the, you know, yeah, the marketing part of it, not yeah. the creative part of marketing, but the more hardcore mm. data, like what do we sell? How, like, how do we position it? Like where, what markets should we mm. be in and which segments should we be in? Which is the the sort of classic, classic marketing. Yeah. So it's very much coming full plus, circle in some Plus, ways. you know, we've gone from the marketing mix being, you know, now what, 10 official letters, still P all the way along. But, but you know, we started with product, product, product. And at the end of the day, that's where we're back. But now we mm. actually have to look at it from the classic four C's. We have mm -hmm. to understand what is it the consumer wants. We have to do the ideation in alignment with the consumers, and that will succeed us. We we, we just can't ignore mm -hmm. the consumers when we're building a story because if they don't get it until we go to market, then they'll, they'll be a long time before they start getting it. Yeah, and you're just hoping that it'll work yep. versus actually having a very good sense that it will. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
Great points. On a last note, where do you guys see the future is headed for uh, for the fashion industry with social media? I think everyone will just be nude. No more fashion. <laughs> okay. The Emperor's new Work clothes. from home, but wear virtual clothing. So you'll just... <laughs> you, you, you is that, is that your dream statement? Yeah. You're just... Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, like, uh, I mean, nobody wore pants during the whole pandemic, right? Isn't that? Oh, that was just me. That's just you. Okay. Anyways, but uh, yeah, what, what? I have no clue. I've, I'm, I'm not studying. Do you the think metaverse will have a significant role? I think that's something I feel you lean into often when we talk. Yeah, yeah. I do think that the the online space using virtual reality or AR mm. is going to flip the the fashion industry a lot of industries uh distribution model on its head mm. much like the music industry went through right i really feel like they're almost one-to-one -one right now like mm. the music industry and, and they did the same thing also the music industry didn't know what records were even selling well for a long time until digitalization came in and they realized like that's how grunge actually became a big thing mm. it was like holy shit actually all these records from these bands like Pearl Jam and Nirvana are selling like hotcakes. Now they're on the top 100 billboard. Nobody knew that until digitalization came through. And I think that's also what's going to happen with the fashion industry is like, we're going to see very quickly. Oh, there's this little indie, like they're, they're kicking ass. Like they got, everyone's wearing that in the metaverse and, and then they'll be licensing for that product mm. similar to licensing of music. Um, and you know, there'll also be, some trackers on mm. it like nfts or something that actually proves that it is actually that product and not a ripoff mm. um and i also think the the method of getting products to consumers uh like the music industry went through which was like someone could record something tomorrow and have it out on the streets today for the music industry mm. like that wasn't available until the internet really kicked uh -huh. ass and social okay. media kicked ass. And I think that's the same with the fashion industry is that they're going to be able to produce, they're going to come up with an idea, produce it in 3D digitalization and be able to have it out the door to consumers. And we have that already. Yeah. I mean, what we saw sort of just before the whole lockdown and coronavirus was that the 3D rendering became yeah. more and more usable yeah. and a lot of sort of base products were just done in 3D rendering. There wasn't any need to create a sample and right. take that sort of time no, where you, you know you send out the and then you get yeah. it back yeah. and you measure everything up and you right. see if it's the right quality. No, you send it back and they do it again. Yeah. And then, so all that time has been won and yeah. that means money has mm, been yeah. won. Now we can invest it into the consumers or marketing, wherever we want to do. So definitely all the tools are there and you're seeing more and more brands utilizing not classic, you know, um, uh, flat pack pictures, mm it is just a 3D yeah. image and yeah. it's 99% spot on. Yeah. You, you, you can hardly see it and they yeah. can, you know, they can get small movies where it looks exactly how silk would yeah. move and, 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 and it's perfect. And, and mm. you know, um, we're seeing it coming into the, the um, educational room as well. You know, at, at Kia, we are also teaching how you create this in the design process of actually utilizing the 3D mm -hmm. and, and how that can solve both time and money because yeah. it costs employees to do the old school way. Now you can actually skip maybe a beat of their time, uh, optimizing your supply chain uh, completely, uh, helping buying in their job much faster out towards their sourcing. 
and eventually it's going to be faster to the consumers. So mm. it's going to change. So a classic image of a collection is, you know, we design it now, six months later, it's in store. Uh, whereas fast fashion with Sarah's, you know, doing four weeks to eight weeks mm. very quickly when they so adapt fast. to some sort of, strat you know, some yeah. sort of design that they need to, to take on. And it's just going to maybe pull the industry closer together, whereas there was a huge gap before. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe in the metaverse. It's just when it's coming. I yeah, I think it's not it's all, tomorrow. No, it, no, it no. has to be. It's years away. We th it, we were probably overestimating. I mean, what's it called? Sims. Yeah, I think my daughter started playing that when she was what eight, and she's still playing it twenty, and loves it. You know, yeah. she loves it, and that is sort of a metaverse, yeah. uh, but yeah. you know, All on a very sort are. of low end scale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think oh, yeah, that's that we've seen all the signs. They're there. There mm -hmm. is a market. There is something. And yeah. how that's going to inflict uh, pain or gain mm -hmm. on 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 the fashion industry, I, I can't speculate. I just no, I'm not I that no clever, no. to be honest. Predictions. Your opinions. That's your opinion. That's yeah, fine. but it is just yeah. like, that's back to my opinions versus yeah. facts, right? But uh, but yeah, but, but I do I do agree with you. I mean, it is. Uh, yeah, the whole supply chain and the whole method of delivery is completely changed now. Mm. And I think you're right, the pandemic did have a large impact on that as well because you couldn't go out and showcase the, the latest thing to to retailers. They just you sent them a catalog, mm. online catalog, and they had to go, all right, I'll take 10 of those and five of those. And But the funny thing about that was also to see how quickly people adapted. Yeah. Because the retailers were, for a short while, F yeah. oaked, you know, yeah. it was it was it was tough because yeah. they were going from having open and going into their busiest season to just being told for the next foreseeable future, you're done. Yeah. Mm. Close the doors, yeah. um, all business <laughs> so could do, and and all these stores that for so long had not included the digital space that yeah. hadn't had entertained, mm. they started doing online selling and yeah. and it worked, yeah. you know, so. There is yeah. a future. Yeah. It's just how it's going to be. But it's so good that they, they had to get forced into it because yep. like it, they were laggards. So many retailers were laggards. And then it's like, okay, we have to get on top of this or else mm -hmm. we're going to lose. We're going to just go bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Great. This was a truly interesting talk, you guys. With uh, Thank you. I mean, you guys are seniors and have a lot of... <laughs> Knowledge. I mean, in a good way. Um, <laughs> don't take offense. No, no, I'll... So, so here, have a guys. I'll take my walker and yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> it's it's four o'clock. Should we go get some supper? Or <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. I just have to take. You know, I, I think I might have peed in my pants. <laughs> it's okay. Thanks we a have lot. lots of young people to take care of you guys. This is perfect. So, um, here have it. Let me summarize how social media has influenced the interplay between fashion industry and the consumer trends. Yes. From Henrik, Henrik and Chris. Yeah. You guys had so many golden nuggets, so um, hold on to this. Social media has significantly impacted the social media <laughs> has significantly impacted the fashion industry because the supply chain is not disrupted. We have much more data to measure and help forecast trends and changing the classic role of marketing versus sales. And the on-demand fashion is flipping the value chain, so suppliers actually can become sellers, which means that consumption rates can get much faster. Mm -hmm. And in the areas 
that fashion brands could do better is on uh, on social media is actually to assess yourselves and who you are targeting. The Gen Z, as Chris called them, the me generation, it's okay to show both sides, both the polish and the real. So this really influenced the brand's uh, virtuality. So the brand has to look at themselves as a per- persona and just be real because a multitude of strategies goes into building a brand, but ultimately the consumers builds the brand. So try to look away from working in the classic silos and not only focus on creating the message, but also really adapting to the reality from the platforms and then how the mechanisms work behind them. So, and as for uh, where things start and end in the interplay between fashion and social media, the take is that branding can influence and can change culture, but in order to succeed on long-term, you have to be in dialogue with your consumers. The advice you guys, had to marketeers in the fashion industry that you can take with you is don't lose your don't lose your focus on your omni channels. Don't forget to link some efforts to classic digital marketing methods like email and physical and translate what you know to digital and not only be swayed away by shiny new object that's the digital space and then really acknowledge the immediate tactics and strategy has to be married because trends and consumers move so fast so make your models real into real life apply that to real life so the future predictions you guys had opinions based on of course data based on data senior experience (laughs) is that online life will change the way trends and retail perform because of the transparency and fast-growing technology in the digital space but let's see what happens there in terms of technology but and 3d technology can solve time and money uh, issues and really optimize the whole process from this classic flat pack picture uh, to digital solutions in the industry and then lastly we also dropped something with the meta verse in uh, in our podcast, but uh, listen to the whole thing and able to uh, to get the scoop of that. So um, wow, here have it, guys. That was amazing. That Thank was a you. good. You sound did we say, really smart. Did we Chris. say those yeah. things? <laughs> I, I think it was you. I didn't say any of that stuff. Yeah. But uh, well done. I think and, uh, I think we sounded good. Thank you for my great hostess skills because today I didn't have my marketing manager with me to take notes, so That's I had, to do, had to do it all, all by that. myself. Good I'm so job. proud right well now. Well done. Well done. <laughs> give us a like, comment, subscribe yeah. to give you some. Give you some, yeah, confidence boost some, here. Yeah, yeah, give you some acknowledgement. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. This was the role of social media in the fashion industry. Stay tuned for the next one. Thanks so Bye. much, guys. Thank you. Adios. This has been the Social Media Sucks Podcast.